Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. SRB Media. Is it so? You're lost in dreams beside the world. Wanna go where I'm not? Hello, Gabby. Good evening, TC. And How good, are you? And good evening, all, and welcome to part 15 of our weekly podcast, The Curran View, with the idol of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. Yeah, I'm good, mate. You? Fine, thank you. Uh, week's a long time in football. Week, time, week is a long time in life. Life mirrors football. F- football mirrors life. What have you picked out this week, mate? Well, there's been a couple of th- good goals again in the in the lower leagues. Um, I saw the Grimsby. Uh, Nathan uh, Robson scored a great goal for Grimsby against Exeter. But I'm going with my old team, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, scoring four away from home, which is a massive plus for me. That. And that's your magic moment, moment of, yes. of the week. That... Sheffield Wednesday winning four. I know you can be going on about goals, but uh, then winning, then winning uh, by four, you know, four one. So uh, I'm going with that magic moment. I mean, the magic moment consists of absolutely everything. I I brought it in. I I said it on one of our earlier podcasts. I nicked it from the uh, Test match special when Brian Johnson had the champagne moment, and when I managed, <laughs> I did. Oh, I nick a lot of things. <laughs> Everybody does, don't they? Well, they do. You know, they we're do, all like right, magpies or jackdaws. We just <laughs> nick things and regurgitate them and wrap them up in another another load of paper and send them out. Uh, a bit like a Christmas present that you've had that. You, you don't quite like, but you think, oh, that'll do for Uncle John or Kevin Cut, you know, whoever. Anyhow, I'm yep. going off the, 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 the point here. But I brought it in then for me, kids' football team, and any player that produced a moment of magic on that pitch, I awarded them the trophy. It could have been a goal. It could have been a drag back. It could have been absolutely everything and anything. And, uh, and that's what I did. Now, my magic moment this week, I'm going to give it to Saeed Berhanama. Yes. I think I've pronounced yeah. the boy's name correctly. Well, I'll let you pronounce it. But... <laughs> yeah, I know. I struggle <laughs> with those foreign names, as Alan Brazil would say. Um, but the, the magic moment where he got the ball, he absolutely run the game. No assists, no goals. So if you look at stats, you'll think, well, what did he do in that game? His contribution was he ran Brilliant. it. He ran yes. it, and, and 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 that's why you have to watch football for me to understand it and appreciate it. And he done a couple of like step overs and drag backs, and then he put a fantastic ball out to the right side, whipped in, and then Watkins got his head on it and he and they levelled it at one one. But I thought throughout that game he was fantastic. He's a player to watch, and when Birmingham play Brentford. I'm going to go down and watch that game. Watch it. Yeah, 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 because yeah. you know that's what I like to do: watch football players rather than watch football teams these days. Let's start in Sheffield, your city. There was a howler by um, by Sheffield United's goalkeeper Chris Wilder when he was interviewed straight after the game. 
I don't think he dug him out. I don't think he was saying anything untoward. He said exactly the same about forwards that missed opportunities. What was your take on what Chris Wilder said? And what, what are people in Sheffield, what's their slant on it? Well, it's like anything else. Uh, things like that are going to cause problems uh, for managers when they start criticising players in this day and age. Yeah. So uh, when you when you analyse it, you have to be careful. I mean, you shouldn't have to be because, you know, uh, you're getting paid well, uh, good money and uh, sometimes the manager has to kick, uh, give you a kick up the backside. Yeah. But it's modern. It's the modern era and uh, you have to be very, very careful on what you do and what you say. Um, it's a bad mistake. He knows it. But like I've, I've always, what I've always told you since, since we've got to know each other, Gabby, yeah. you're never going to win anything without good goalkeepers yes. and you're never going to win you know your big trophies, your World Cups, uh, your European Cups or uh, Champions Leagues or your league titles unless you have a great goalkeeper. Liverpool proved that uh, for two seasons, you know, uh, with with the goalkeeper Minnie and uh, the other keeper. They were making mistakes and until they got the right goalkeeper in, in uh, then they look a different uh a proposition to all the other teams, you know. I mean, they look a complete team now. Does Liverpool? It's the most important football uh, uh, position on a on a on a football field for me, uh, because it's like a centre forward. Centre forward relies on other people creating chances. Yes, they can. The great ones can can create something out of nothing, but a goalkeeper, once he makes a mistake, that's it. And it was a bad mistake and it cost uh, Sheffield United dearly. But he has to get on with it and he has to uh, come back uh, a better a better man for it and a better goalkeeper for it. Because it's things like that what cost you games and, you know, you can't, they can't afford to make mistakes. Now, you're right. And every great player makes mistakes. It's how you bounce back from those mistakes. Every goalkeeper makes mistakes. I remember one of the greatest and a former teammate of you, of you. Did you play with Peter Shilton, by the way, at Forest, or did you? You'd left by that no, time. He was, no, uh, I'll tell you a little story. Yeah. About Shilton, he was coming in as I was going out to yeah. Derby County. We met in the corridor just uh, outside the uh, home team dressing room at Forest, and uh, obviously we introduced us, introduced ourselves. I mean, we hadn't met each other, but we knew of each, you know, of it. And he said to me, uh, "Tell me, I've got an horse for you." And he said, "You have a bet?" I said, "Now and now and again, uh, Pete." And uh, he said, I've got an horse for you. It's running at Leicester, so-and-so, so-and-so. But typically, it didn't win, you know. So so uh, that's the only time um, uh, I've come. Well, I've not come across him because I've played against him a couple of times in general. But uh, that was the first time I met him. But where I'm going here is, in 1973, Shilton made a mistake where when, the, when we played Poland and the ball went under him. Norman Hunter, who was uh, PFA Player of the Year that season, also made a mistake on the halfway line that let Poland in. You know, so all players at all levels, all of them make mistakes. And, and, And I think that when you make mistakes, you learn from them. John Stone's perfect example, makes a few mistakes, but the boy will learn from those mistakes, hopefully, and it will make him a better football player. It will make the boy a better goalkeeper and let's hope that their careers progress into the players that we think they will do. And let's be truthful, they will again make mistakes because everybody does. Obviously, you you bang on there, but 
the top ones make least mistakes Correct. or yeah. lesser mistakes, yeah. and that's what they've got to uh, uh, to, to strive to 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 be not making mistakes. Uh, and and you're right, as a young boy, you will learn from them. But that's what you've got to be showing that you have learned from the uh, from from these mistakes. And and I, I agree with you there. You know, choose who you are. You're going to make mistakes. You know, but again, how how modern day football is, it's highlighted because of all the cameras uh, up and down uh, the grounds, isn't it? You know, so but they've got to learn from them, and they've got to learn from them quick because you know. Uh, it's not the rollickings anymore or, or, or um, the pressure of things happening with the manager uh, leaving uh, leaving him in team or taking him out of team. It goes around the world and, and that's the biggest uh, factor for them. That everybody sees it. So they've got to learn from it quick and get over it quick. But, but isn't it amazing that when a top player scores a worldie, for instance, Messi or mm-hmm. Mo Salah or any of the any of the stellar great. players mm-hmm. score great goals. When you see a player that you've you've identified earlier, Grimsby scored a great goal, that doesn't have the same effect worldwide. Then waves don't seem to spread. And and I and I think what Chris was trying to do is he's saying that look, if this boy wants to have a career at Manchester United, he is going to be living in a goldfish box. You're absolutely right. It's the big games, it's the big players, whether that's right or whether that's wrong, that gets highlighted and those go around the world. Exactly. And yeah. uh, he has to live live with it yeah. and he has to overcome it. Yeah. Uh, and what Wilder's got to be careful of is the politically correct people uh, making... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Making nonsense of a situation that yes. is is it, that, he's entitled yeah, to do as a manager. Exactly. You know, yeah. if things are not done right, yeah. uh, he's got to come across and say, "Look, we can't. You can't afford to make these mistakes." I know you're a young yeah. lad, but I, I'm brave enough to throw you in the team at a young age. Yep. You know, um, so it's everything about it. Uh, what, what has to be careful? The goalkeeper has to learn from it, like we all keep saying, and Wilder has to be careful in this day and age on what he says. And what he can do. Personally, I think that Wilder is a breath of fresh air. I think the managers like that are breath of fresh airs because I'm sick and tired of listening to the manager coming out after a game. It's almost like Groundhog Day. It's as though they've been sitting in a briefing room and they can only say certain things. And I, I almost get to the point where I go, I don't know why you bother wielding me out because whatever he said today, he said last week and he'll say next week. And I think football fans look through that facade. We want a bit of honesty in reality. They do. But again, I, I mean, in my era... Cluffy and them got away with murder in one sense. They did, they really did because when I look at it, some of it was bullying when that, when when you look at it. But it's how society were, yeah, or was in those days. You know, uh, coming from mining villages, you know, people are hard in those areas. Yep. You know, uh, but again, you the football. You, you've got to be careful. Even when you're coaching young kids, you have to be careful what you say and what you do. I know it's wrong. Yep. But but, you know, uh, you have to be careful in how you do it and how you express it. Uh, the other side of that is you could lose the dressing room and all. Yeah. I know it's, I know that's wrong, but the, the players have got far more power now than they've ever had. 
you know. So yes, I agree, one hundred percent. The 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 manager, whoever it is, should be able to come and give someone a rollicking. Yes, he should be able to express himself uh, to the media uh, and to the TV uh, people and and express himself on and, and give an honest opinion. People would. A lot of people would prefer that, but like I said, they just have to be careful on how to say it uh, and and not repeat it too many times because uh, it can get them into trouble. And I, but I'm like you, yeah. you know, Gabby. I'm not def- I'm not defending it. I'm just telling you, you have to be careful what you do. While we're talking about losing dressing rooms and losing the dynamics of a team, what the hell's going on at Tottenham this season? Well. It's amazing when you when you look at it because yeah. obviously is is a good manager is uh, Pochettino, yeah. you know it's proven that because he hasn't spent much money, and he has produced uh, a good team. Now, I looked at it. Why would you sell Walker? Yeah, that was my first when I when I first saw uh, Tottenham selling Walker to Manchester City, one of your arch rivals. Yeah, you know, and he's had three marvelous seasons at uh, Manchester City. But like I, last week when we spoke about this, Pochettino was always chopping and changing that back four. Yeah. I've never seen that with any top football team. I have never seen it. You know, you see him leave a midfield player out and you might see him leave a strike out, but you never see him change a back four. And he's done it for a season with the full-backs, uh, Rose. He's left him out, fetched another guy in. He's left uh, Walker out, fetched Trippier in. He's left Trippier out now and he fetched somebody else in. And then he sold Trippier to uh, Atletico Madrid. There's one or two players, and you'll never stop this, it looks like there's one one or two players being tapped up. I mean, the contracts expire this end of this coming season. Daniel Levy, as we all know, is an hard man to um, get players off unless he gets the the money what he's asking for. And when you're that rich, as Tottenham are at this moment in time, they can afford to keep all the players. and make it difficult for the players. But a good manager for me, a good manager for me, when a player wants to go, they're better off getting rid of that player. Whoever it is, they're better off getting rid of it because it will cause some uh, disturbance in the dressing room. And the player, if he doesn't play well one particular game and the manager gets onto him, is going to, and I've seen it, they all don't do it, Gabby, but you do see it. And it, it does, because anybody says, it does disrupt the dressing room. And there's been little uh, flaws in Tottenham's play this season. And that finished off yesterday with his 7-2 uh, against Bayern Munich. But like I've always said, you know, when you look at Bayern Munich, they didn't give the ball away nowhere near Tottenham. But when Tottenham come up against all these top teams and some of that, you know, uh, your third, your fourth, your fifth, and your sixth uh, teams, clubs, uh, come up against these European clubs, technically, they keep the ball better than what we do and they pass with more accuracy than, than our clubs do. And yes, we've got foreign coaches in, but we still, even they've changed their ways, some of them changed their ways of wanting to get the ball away because of the fans demanding it mm. and, the, and the pundits criticising it. So, yeah. but Tottenham, uh, at times, look like uh, boy, uh, men against boys, yet Spurs could have could have created a, uh, could have scored a few more goals themselves. Yeah. You know, sometimes it does go against you uh, a bit to look that way. But uh, there's something wrong. 
we're not giving uh, we're not uh, giving all what uh, what what is happening at Tottenham, but there is something not right there. Yeah, my lad said something yesterday, which I definitely won't repeat on our podcast. And I thought, well, if that's true, it makes sense. Um, and we're going to leave that there. I'm sure that more will come out in the midst of time with uh, Tottenham Hotspur. But you're right. I mean, I looked. I only looked at the highlights. I didn't watch the game last night. Um, I realise that I do watch an awful lot of football and I am married. I do have to give a little bit of time to my wife. So we went to bed and watched the capture and left Tom downstairs watching Tottenham. And I could tell every time Bayern Munich scored a goal because he was shouting at the television. He's, he's come straight into my bedroom. Do you know you lot have lost 1-0? You want to see your goalkeeper? And he's gone, Stoke, Nathan Jones is going to get sacked in the morning. So I don't have to watch football to know exactly what goes on because I've got Tom with me that tells but I did watch the highlights, the goal highlights, and I was amazed how many times Tottenham gave the ball away to Bayern Munich and then it ended up in the back of Tottenham's net. I found it amazing. Well, you see, this is where I, it baffles me with our coaches, yeah. and I don't want to. I stick up for our coaches, even though people look at it and think, Is he having a, No, I'm not having a go because they've been taught wrong on these courses. Because when, when you get on these courses, and I know football is what's walked off them, you know. It may have changed a little bit now, yeah. but they used to be where they were looking for diagonal balls and balls into corners for players to chase. You're giving the ball away. When you have got the ball, right, and you're counter-attacking, and if, and, and, and if players get forward looking for, uh, you know, an overlap or a through ball or somebody's going up and supporting the player on the ball, yeah. and he loses that ball, there could be two, three players out of position. Yep. Right? And it, it disjoints the team. Yep. And then people will say, this badly, no, it's not badly organised. They don't get it in this country. Yeah. We are poor at passing a ball. Mm. We work on defensive work all the time. And it doesn't change now because I speak to one or two players and they'll say, all we work on is defensive work. All You know, that's all we're working on. And, I, you know, you've got to work on, you know, uh, keeping the ball. A lot of coaches, I know, and even when I co- were coaching, uh, the, the Rondo, uh, which which Manchester City and Barcelona do, and which Cruyff and all them fetched fetched into football, are keeping a ball. Yeah. A lot of English coaches didn't like it because they said, "What's that? What's that? What's that going to help you in 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 football?" Well, what it, the biggest thing it does, it it, it improves your touch, yeah. it improves your confidence, it improves your co- uh, composure on the ball, and it improves your passing. And they're the main ingredients in football. Yeah. You know, but some of our coaches don't like doing it because. What they want to look at is it, and I hear them turn around and say, it's like a piece of string. We do it and do it and do it and do it. We pull it across. You know, we hold each other's hand and we pull across, and that's where we should be. Well, when you come up against the, the world-class players and the really top, top players, and then very, very good players, they're going to throw you off off a balance. Where, choose how good you are at defending, you know. So when you get the ball, you've got to look after it. You've got to look after it. And when you pass it, you've got to make sure that you pass with accuracy and then it's going to your teammate who doesn't have to break strides. But until we start to understand that in in, 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 in the game of football, we are going to be behind the rest of the world. Because when anybody tells me, it's not, I want to argue about it, it's a fact. Yeah. That is a fact. When you watch any football matches, the mistakes are made by somebody making a mistake. Yes, they've got to learn from that. And the only get, when you play out from the back, Gabby, mm. it isn't, Playing out for the back, what's the problem? Yep. It's the player not being composed on the ball. Correct. Because when when that when you get that ball, you should be able to see. 
there should be a pass on. And if you dwell on it or underwit the ball, you're going to cause yourself a problem and it's going to cause a team a problem. But when you give the ball away, it's that what causes the problems and we still don't understand. We've never looked at it like that. We've looked at it, oh, it's a flair player. You know, it's always, he don't, he don't backtrack, he don't do this, he don't do that, he don't do other. It is giving the ball away what, what puts people or your teammates uh, out of position and it causes you a problem. And until we, until we start to look at that, we'll never, we'll never get to the really top, top level of football again. I absolutely agree because when we finished the last World Cup, I posted up on my Facebook page that that we need we need players in midfield that can use the ball, that can pass the ball, that give defenders options and can pass the ball on and, and, and put killer passes through to forwards that can put the ball in the onion bag. That, for me, is England's Achilles heel. We haven't addressed that. Now, there's a boy at Man City. I think he's played 10 minutes of football, Phil Foden. He come on mm-hmm. and, and scored yesterday. I would have him in England set up. But I don't care how old he is. I don't care how few minutes he's played in the Premier League. For me, he's good enough to play international football. The problem is, and Pep's already apologised, that he has got world-class players in front of him. So I get that. He must get that as well. We've got the likes of um, Mason Mount. We've got James Madison. We've got Jack Grealish. All of those players, and and, and I, I understand and respect that we can't put them all in the same team at the same time. But do you know what, guys? We're going to get injuries. We're going to get suspensions. We're going to get situations where players can't play for whatever reason. So all of these flair players, when I would call up an England squad, all of them would be my England squad all day long. The problem, the problem with that, and I'm like you, yeah. they'd be my squad. You've, the rest of the pundits will, will turn around and say, oh, all these players, what's got flair players, you know, we don't see them doing recovery. And again, that's what they look at. They blame that player, yeah. player player, uh, for not chasing back. Instead of looking at what is the real problem, something what works damn hard, right? Yep. Yet gives the ball away, but no one says about, no one says anything about that. Mm. They always look at the player, uh, what they think's not backtracking when when the two or three nil down. Yeah. But the team, like Tottenham did last night, they're not bad players. Man United, when they played Barcelona. Uh, at Wembley in the Champions League, they work. They work the socks off as well as having ability, but they got destroyed by Barcelona because they don't give the ball away. Yeah. Now, when we go back to Foden in the last uh, under twenty one championship, Aidy Boothroyd. And, and, but what I'm saying, these people think, oh, he's having, no, I'm not. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is mm. that good at Manchester City? And Guardiola's telling everybody he's that good, and people first thing that the pundits turn around, if he's that good, why doesn't he play him? But he came out with a great, honest statement. He's got world-class players there. Yeah. And it's easier to tell a, a young boy is uh, not playing than it is, you know, an international player yeah. that he's not playing. Yet, Boothroyd wouldn't play him in the under-21s or, or played him and fetched him on and that type of thing and, and then give him an excuse, I'm looking after him. Yeah. Looking after him at, tw- at 18, playing it under 21s. Yeah. That's how bad we are at coaching, right? That's how bad we are at coaching. Yes, Fodden needs game time. He's never going to let him go out on loan to uh, anywhere, to another team what's not going to play the uh, train and play the way our Manchester do because 
I will tell you all, all the listeners what listen to this. Players learn from other players. Yep. And he's going to learn as much from players at Manchester City than he is as well as uh, Guardiola. Mm. You know, but yes, he needs game time. And uh, I would imagine that um, Guardiola will look either to get him into the team at some point or he'll let him go on loan to a Spanish or a team what's going to play yeah. uh, the way that Manchester City does. You know, because obviously David Silver, David Silver's uh, retiring at the end of the season. It, it, has he got him in mind to, to, to uh, bring him into the team uh, ready for next season? Is that what his, his intentions is? Or will he go and spend big again? You know, them's the things, uh, the problems he's got. And I would imagine if it were 2021, it'd be in team on a regular basis now. Totally agree with you. Another boy that was in that 21 tournament, Damari Gray, is at Leicester. He hasn't been playing much this season. If you was advising both Phil Foden and Damari Gray, both young players, both great young prospects as well, what would you do? Would you be looking to move on or would you be looking to go out on loan? Because the most important thing, and I get all that, that when you're in with training and you're listening and you're in with the likes of David Silva and, and De Bruyne and they're talking to you and, you know, it's all part of the education of a young player, but there's nothing, the way I look at it, and I've never been a professional player, you have, that's why I want your opinion. There's nothing like, for me, playing the actual game of football no player does not like to be yeah. not to play not the one players do not like that not like to be picked in that 11 yeah. week in and week out now as a young kid i was bought by the best manager in the country i got a bad injury and it affected me uh, my game uh and forest hadn't won uh i was out for seven months and they rushed me back and because i hadn't won for a month and I played a game up at um, Carlisle and I scored the winner at, at um, Hereford and I fell out with Pete because after that game, he said to me, uh, I, pu- I pulled out a couple of tattles. And, well, if anybody wants had a, 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 a knee ligament injury, they'll tell you, you know, you, you sometimes you're frightened of you, you, where the legs are going to go. Yeah. Cluffy used to say to me, look, just bide your time, you'll get back into the team. You know, it finished me this. But you're impatient. You're a young lad. You're hot-headed. You know, and I said to him, well, if you're not going to play me, sell me. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I didn't get tapped up. But with Cluffy, I demanded that I go. Because if if I'm not playing, but you see, they, they set off uh, really well uh, up at Everton. They won the first game and he's not going to change the team. Uh, and then it went on winning and winning and winning. They finished up winning the league that season. So is it the wrong thing to do? I don't know, because when, 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 when something like, me did what I did in my day, people would say you're a trouble, trouble causer. Yeah. But you're not getting game time. Yep. And I've never caused any problems in my life. Only time when I've argued with the manager is how we play football. I never drank. I've never drank a pint of beer in my life. I've never drank a pint of carling in my life. And I only drink shorts and, and wine uh, every now and again. And I'm not saying I haven't been drunk, but I'm, I never had a drink when I was playing football. I did other things. Yes. I was out, you know, uh, I was out night clubbing on a Saturday night after games uh, and girling. But other than that, I never caused a problem. See, the, the, what happens with all this is you want to play football. And if and if you're not playing, 
you get frustrated. And as a young kid, you get hot-headed. So what is the right thing? But, you know, because when, when you did like I did and said to Cluffy, I want to go, and I remember slamming the door and it came off his injuries and he was laughing his head off, you know. But when somebody else sits there and not bothered about to move into another club or playing, you know, they're picking up the wages, they get slaughtered for that, players. What do you do? You know, what's the answer to it? I'm telling you as how players feel. So that that what I can tell you is this. You're frustrated. You want to play. You're young. You, all young players are hot-headed, you know. So what is the right thing? What is the right thing? It, sometimes it is to uh, take a step back, think about it, give it a chance. If you give in, you've got to take uh, make the best of it. What happens if you don't give in? You know, because again, if you just sit back there, they're nothing. They're not going to say to you anything. All right, it's not going to cause any problems, so we can keep leaving him out. So it's a tricky one, Gabby. Yeah. That's how players feel. I do know that uh, they'll be frustrated uh, and they'll want to play. And some and the ones what go into the manager and said, "Look, if I'm not playing, sell me." It's not that they want to leave the club; they want to play. And it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one for the player. It's a difficult one for the club, and it's a difficult one for the manager. But it's it's a, it's a it's a scenario which can cause problems for the team. And it's you know, I can only say how I felt, but I know how other players felt when I was playing football because I saw it in my own you know I saw it with my own eyes, and I saw it. I saw what some players used to do. I mean, some players would kick off straight away. You know, I mean, if I had an argument with the manager or I weren't happy about not being in the team, and it only happened to me when I, the two times at uh, Forest and Everton when I got injured yeah. and it was hard to get back into team because there were good teams and we had good players. But I never out at team at Southampton, only maybe once, Derby. I, I never out at team at Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Doncaster. All the other clubs I played at, I would never out at team. I, I very very I played uh, that many reserve games. Uh, team games. Only the reserve team games I played was when I was coming back from injuries at Forest and Everton. So I was never a trouble causer to disrupt the team, but it does it does and can cause problems. And all I can answer that when you've asked me that question is we're young lads, we are hot headed, we think we should be playing, even sometimes when we you know we shouldn't be. Uh, but it's a tricky one because it's your career and it's only a short career. Do I sit back and wait? And this you know, is, this it, it's, it's a problem, isn't it? This is the reason why people like you should be in the game, talking to young players, representing young players, looking after them and giving them advice as a former player that's been in exactly the same position that they're in and understands the predicaments that they're in and their career and their path of their career and where they want to go and how they want to get there. And and, and I'll, I'll stand to be corrected on that situation. Now, let's put a bit of reality on what you've just said. Both teams there, Nottingham Forest and Everton, both went on to win the Football League Championship, which today yep. is the Premier League. That's mm-hmm. the level and that's the quality of players and football clubs that you played at and that was your situation. We're not talking about teams that are playing in the Championship and also runs. We're talking about the two best teams in the country when you at that were time. injured. Exactly. At that time. Exactly. 
Yeah. At that time, not only did they win league, yeah. Forest won two European Cups, and so would Everton, and a, and, a, and a League Cup, yeah. and Everton, yeah, won an FA Cup, a League Cup, and a Cup Winners Cup, yeah. And I missed out on all. It's all right saying people say, well, you know, you were there, so I got injured. And once the team's on a winning run, you know, there weren't players, and they didn't chop and change like they do nowadays. Yeah. Very rare. They only had one sub. So after my injury, uh, I was if I weren't in the team, I, I was on the bench, you know, because I knew I could uh, change a game for him, yeah. you know. But it's frustrating. I don't. I think the, the the top four clubs need round about twenty eight, maybe thirty players. But why the rest of them have that many? I do not know. Yeah. I mean, eighteen, twenty players. And then the young pros coming through and you get two or three of them on a bench and, and they get the experience. I think that's a far better uh, system for it because when all these teams looking, chopping and changing, think they can do a Man City or a Liverpool or a Man United or an Arsenal, I don't know what to planet they're on. I really don't yeah. because they're not learning anything. They're not The team's not going to go and improve by, by doing it. When you look what's happened at Stoke, you know, the, 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 young, the, the young boy, uh, Jones, did, have done well at, at uh, Luton yeah. in Newport. But he'd come to manage a team, what's come out of the Premier League, what have got massive problems. And this is what the pundits don't realise. Guardiola handling those big players at Manchester City, don't think that's easy, any of you, any of you, because that's a massive, massive problem for Guardiola. And he's got to handle that day in, minute in, hour in, Week in, week out. Yeah. Now, when Jones took over at Stoke, they've got relegated with massive problems. Players falling out. You know, he didn't pull his weight. He hadn't done this. Then on a bad run, and he's got to come in after uh, Gary uh, Rowett had gone in and tried to do, uh, tried to uh, get Stoke back on the right lines. He didn't last, I think, eight months, yeah. maybe less than that. Yeah. yeah, You know, and then Jones comes in. See. When these top players go and manage at the, the, the lower level, they find it difficult. Now, these managers, what do well at the lower level and come up, if they don't hit the ground running, they're going to be in big trouble because players are going to question them. That's what the pundits don't understand. They're not there in the dressing room. They're not there on the training pitch when things are not going right, things are not going well. They will blame the training methods. They will blame the, uh, the system of the team. They will blame the manager. And if, you know, you, you've got a right to go into the manager's office if you're not winning and, and asking the question, why am I not playing? You know, so it's a big problem. It's a big, big problem. So when you've got players uh, at a football club, you've got to have a manager what's got to be able to handle it. Yeah. You know, so yes, I played at that level. Yes, I, but I can only give advice uh, to players. You know, on what you know. Look, this happened to me, and I get your frustration. Look, give it another six months, and see how it goes. You know, if you and if you're not in the team, then then go and have a word with the manager and say, look, I get you. I can understand you. The team's doing well, but I want to forward my career. So, you know, I've done my little bit and try and help you by uh, not causing any trouble, not being disappointed, not coming in with my head down. I think it's a bit fair now that you can help me to get to another club. And it's little things like that. Yeah. What these other players, these managers, what come into it, having certain people at a football club, what may be able to help them along those lines and help the players. But 
everybody's fighting for the job. Yeah. If when you when a manager goes in, you never see him take a <clears throat> a well-known name into him with him. They always look to somebody what's not played yeah. at the highest level or not done anything done anything spectacular. Yep. Because uh, the frightener that somebody might be stabbing him in the back. Well, you are going to lose your job. Choose who, who you are. Cluffy lost it. They've all lost the job yeah. at some point. I think it was only Guardiola who's never been sacked. Yeah. You know, but it's uh, it, it, it's a thing what can, can disrupt a football club. But that's why you've got to have the strong manager like your Klops. You know, because there's been a couple of incidents up at Liverpool. What could have gone sour? You know, Henderson, uh, I think, was it last year? And then you've had Salah and uh, Mane, which clashed a little bit yeah, the other yeah, week, yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah. these little things up the pundits, they might think uh, it's, it's over, it's forgotten, it's over with and forgotten. Sometimes it doesn't, you know. Prime example was <coughs> uh, Teddy uh, Sheddingham and uh, Andy Cole, yeah. you know. But they did, and they would uh, put the differences behind them to go and play for the uh, to give to play for the team and give all for the team. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Majority of times it doesn't work that way. But it's a problem the clubs have, and it's a problem. I mean, it's the problem what the pundits don't see. So it's not easy being a manager, Gabby. You no. know, when I when I have a go at someone, I'm, I'm having a go. Maybe it's poor English on, on my part. What I'm trying to express saying is, you win far more with a better philosophy and just working on defensive work. And yes, have to have a good defence. You know, to win anything. You never win anything without a great goalkeeper and a good defence. You can have all the best strikers in the world, I guarantee you. Because if you if you score five and somebody scores six, you know, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, so it is hard for managers and we all have a go and we all get uh, angry. I mean, Josh at uh, Sheffield Wednesday you know, I, I never wanted to watch him play. So when they came on television, you know, I'd say I'm not watching my turn it over, but because you've asked in it, then you you know you put it back on see if the score and, and, and things like that. So uh, it isn't easy for them, but sometimes they make it hard for themselves. You're absolutely right about Colin Sheringham and the fact that some players don't like each other, and you you have that within football clubs. Remember Alan Hudson telling me about when he joined Stoke. I don't think there was any Stoke player that actually liked Huddy at the time. There was players in that Stoke dressing room that wouldn't pass to Huddy. In fact, Alan says to me, lots of Stoke fans don't understand that, but me and Jimmy Greenoff, we we weren't friends when we played together at Stoke. I mean, they had a telepathic understanding. He said there were Stoke fans that probably believed that we slept together. We were that close on the football pitch, but we weren't friends. They are now. They're great mm. friends now, but they wasn't then. And and this is a thing that football fans don't understand. You don't have to be friends with your fellow professionals. There's an understanding and a respect, and it's about getting the best out of each other. And that's the manager's job to conjole and to, to get those players playing as a team, as a unit, and trying to get results. And for me, entertaining the crowd as well. Well, uh, that's what the manager's job is, yeah. to get the best exactly. out of the players. Yeah. But, I mean, going back to what you said with, with Alan Hudson and Jimmy Greenup, it's right. Good players will understand and know what another player is going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, probably G- Greenup would have made a run knowing that when he when the ball come, 
Hudson's pass yeah. would be a lot better than someone else in that team. But when I looked at that team, when Udi were playing, you've got uh, Salmons today, Jeff Salmons, yeah. still George Easton. George had just left. Udi, Udi come think, to replace there, George oh, Easton. They had a little lad in there with, with Ginger Air, you know, and they were good. They were good yeah, ball, uh, ball players. Yeah, Conroy. Yeah. They were good. Uh, they were good ball players and passers. Yeah. I mean, that's what we've lost over the years. We've we've got uh, athletes. What we thought we could make into footballers, but they're not. They're just box to box players. I mean, I heard them on about De Bruyne the other day. A couple of pundits, box to box. His passing. Oh, it's he's passing. He's, well, if we if we learned how to pass like that, but then they've got to drop in. Yeah, but he gets all over pitch. Let me tell you something about Manchester. They all keep going about Manchester City. Work out it. Work out of this. Manchester City don't give the ball away yeah. as much as anyone else. Mm-hmm. The opposition give them the ball back, right? More yeah. than any more than any other team to play against, mm-hmm. right? And when they've got the ball. And they pass like they do. They'll they'll move it from side to side quickly, right? Yep. Tiring the opposition out. Yep. So, listen, Gabby, that's a myth. That what all these people keep saying about my work hard. Mm-hmm. They don't give the ball away uh, more than the other teams. Yeah. End of. And that's what we've got to learn about this: the accuracy with our passing. And then when you move people about, you're going to tire. You're going to tire. And when you looked at Tottenham last night, people will turn around and said. You know, they're not fit enough. A load of rubbish because it drains out of you. Ask yeah. any player. Ask any player yeah. what's been in that scenario. Ask any player. Uh, if you've lost two or three nil, near mine seven, it, for some unknown reason, everything drains out of you. What you try, it doesn't come off. Yeah. And that's why it's important that you don't give the ball away as much as the opposition. And I probably, when, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm explaining this to people, people look at it, but I know I'm right. Because if you look, if you watched all the other teams, they give the ball away. Liverpool don't give the ball away like the rest of them do. That's why Liverpool are up there. Yes, they've got a goalkeeper. Yes, they've got good players. Yes, they've got a great forward line. But the movement, the interchangement of movement, the passing with accuracy, that's what we don't get in this country. And it, well, it, it baffles me, Gabby. It really does baffle me this. But again, I think it's the way that that, that some supporters look at the game of football. I remember when I was a black cab driver and there was a plan for the life of me, I can't remember who it was, and it's irrelevant anyhow, but it'd been transferred to, to Eriford and I picked him up a couple of times and he played against Aston Villa in a friendly and I said, how did you get on, son? He said, I'll be honest, I was puffing out my backside after 40 minutes. He said, you don't realise how brilliant these players are when they keep hold of the ball and they're passing the ball and you're chasing it. He said, your legs just turn to jelly and you're absolutely right, TC. And and, and I think it's only when you've played the game that you understand that or listen to people that have played the game. Well, when you do when you do pass it, you've got to play with the tempo, exactly. and you've got to be looking for for little bit like in between lines where you put two or three players out of a game. Yeah. So you you gain the opposite turning and chasing and and and, and working out. But if you go sideways and backwards, slow, 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 then the back the the opposition team will just That's sit it. there and let you yeah. have it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gabby. You play pundits will never understand. It, it can be difficult, and you can. Be absolutely shattered when you play against a team. Uh, I mean, I was lucky because I, I played at Derby County what 
were a great football team. Yeah. Forest were, Everton were. And when I played with them, you, did, you didn't give the ball away as much. Yeah. And you won more games than you lost. Now, when you go and play at uh, Uddersfield and Sheffield Wednesday, we didn't do bad at Sheffield Wednesday. But, you know, we finished third. We lost games what we shouldn't have lost yeah. because we were giving the ball away. I know part of it was Jack, and I love Jack, but it's how Jack played the direct football. Yeah. You know, once you play the ball 30 yards, for the, and you're only playing one striker, and, one, and, and, and uh, the, the other midfield man has to try and get up their support. If they knock it back quickly, you know, your midfield player's out of, out of position. Yeah. Maybe your fullback's got an overlap to try and support the midfield player, or the winger in my day has gone up there. And it's come back. Now you're two players out of the game. You know, it's it's people will never know. It's not it's not as easy as what people think it is yeah. because you're pounding your body. And I know it's 90 minutes, but you keep doing it week in and week out, day in and day out. You know, your body does. I mean, if you see me walk now, I'm, I walk. Well, I am a cripple. Yeah. You know, I've I'm, I've got arthritis in my knees, uh, in my ankles and everything. Yeah, I've had my ankles pinned and fused. I've got, still got a pin in my right knee. And it isn't easy, and it's harder for the opposition. How do you think the other teams feel when they're playing Manchester City? Mm. When you think about it, I, I wouldn't worry about Manchester City, you know, because I would just think to myself, we can beat them. And I know people will laugh at me, but that's what, that's how I thought anyway. And then afterwards, I said, Mr. Guardiola, what a fantastic football man, what a fantastic football team. But I wouldn't give them the respect. But can you imagine having to play against them week in? week out or twice a season yeah. what all teams do yeah, yes they're going to have, yes they're going to have a, a, an off day right but when they have an off day our pundits are best in the world they're never wrong either. you know Manchester City's gone They've, you know they're finished you know they can't defend then they come back and beat somebody in. <laughs> you know <it's... laughs> even the goalie said it was a joy to watch didn't they <laughs> the goalkeeper at Manchester City must have the best job in the world. Oh, watching watching goals, them yeah. watching them play football. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I was talking about Ben Foster, Watford's goalie. <laughs> I know you were, but I'm just saying. I know you were. <laughs> but but I, when you said that, the first thing what came in coming to mind? What about their goalkeeper? Exactly. I mean, yes, it's great for that, that. But how must he feel thinking shot? Every every second, near mind every minute, there's a shot coming at me, or something's happening, you know. And he's he's right what he's saying; it's a joy to watch. But the other goalkeeper, he has to concentrate because very rare teams attack him. Yeah. So he has to be alert. But it must be great for him to think, you know, I can't believe what he's just done there, Guerrero. I can't believe what De Bruyne has done, you know. I'm going back to De Bruyne. You tell me a better passer of a ball. When I mean passing of a ball, I'm on about playing in between lines and putting two or three players out of the game. Trent Alexander at uh, Liverpool, he crosses a ball and he finds his man. Yeah. You don't see him play. Now, he doesn't play in midfield. So, you know, before anybody says to me, well, he's not playing midfield. De Bruyne plays midfield and he puts more killer passes yeah. through than any other midfield player. It's, you know, to be able to do that... It's absolutely brilliant. I mean, when you look at midfield players, they don't get the recognition as, as a Pelle, as a Cruyff, as a, a Ronaldo. But, but De Bruyne, you've got to put him in as the best passer of the ball in the world at this moment in time. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm not sure when they're coming to Villa Park, but I think I'm going to get a get a ticket and I'm going to go and watch Manchester City. And that's a nice thing in Birmingham. And the <laughs> fact that I don't, I, my allegiance has pretty much gone and my loyalty. That I, I I walked away from football a couple of years ago with situations that happened at Birmingham. So I don't view football like I used to. In fact, I went I went down Villa Park um, and watched Jack Grealish. Uh, we, we went out, we stayed uh, in the Mal Maze on the. Uh, the weekend and we went and had some breakfast because the, the breakfast at the Malmaison aren't very good. Everything <laughs> else is. But we we went up to uh, local Weatherspoons in Birmingham City Centre. I said, Bly, it's like a football away day. And it was one of the first times that I actually fancied going to a game of football. And I thought, well, Birmingham are away. Ailes Owen are away. And uh, our time, he's a season ticket holder at Villa. So I found him up. I said, you got any tickets by you at Villa? Cutting a long story short, I got one and, 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 and I went and watched and thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was an experience. And with what I do now, talking to former pros like yourself, like Alan Hudson and my 70s with Jim McCallyog and I was just done with Adrian Webster, my most recent interview. <laughs> you know, I view football in a totally different way I look at it in an impartial way and it, it was great going down it was the first time since 2004 that I've been down at Villa Park I watched I wanted to go and watch David Dunn playing for England and before that I think it was 1983 when I was in the Whitney and watching Birmingham City but it's great watching football impartially and you're not getting sucked into all the rivalry and you watch it with a clear mind and just watch the game unfold. And I think it is just a beautiful game. Well, you'd find it a lot easier if you didn't talk about the other teams and you watch the football team. <laughs> then you won't be you won't be getting the you won't get the abuse or, or arguments of it. That's. But I, I will like you. Uh, imagine me from a young kid. Yeah. I, I got a ball in my hand when I went to to the middle school. I played in uh, first year, second year, third year, fourth year in all their teams. So I I always got a ball in my hand, you know, and when I got became a professional footballer, you know, it was unbelievable. You know, you think, well, you come from a little mining village. Now I'm a footballer, something I've dreamed of and I'm doing and I loved it. I loved every minute, never missed training, only when I got the bad injuries, you know, uh, I wanted to be in every day. I wanted to be first thing. I wanted to be last, last, last uh, away from, I want to be the last person away from the ground. I really enjoyed it. I walked away from it. Yeah. And then I was asked to go back to manage Ghoul and I did absolutely terrific at Ghoul, but that, that's that's for another day. We'll talk about that another day. Oh, and the reason why I got disillusioned, I've never blamed a club. All the clubs I played for, yeah. I've enjoyed. Every football club. Every football club. I'm United, the, the club itself weren't right for me. Yeah. Right? But the rest of them, I've enjoyed it. I've never blamed a football club. I mean, I see how they do it, and I see how, I never blame the football club. I always blame the manager because that manager's treat me badly. Yeah. Right. I always say it's not the club, it's the manager. I always try and tell players, forget the club. The club will only do what the manager's doing if he's successful. <clears throat> not do, if the manager's not successful, then he won't be able to get away with it. You know, uh, and how, how some managers treat some players. And pe- people look at it, well, it's always them and not you. Well, be in that, in that situation and see what, and see what happens. I, I've even stuck up for other players. Yeah. I've stuck up for the players. I've seen players what should have been in that team. Should have been in that team. Right? And... Um, and when I've said to managers, you know, keep your nose out. And I used to think to myself, well, it's not right. That kid can play football. 
you know. And, he, and here's a prime example. I remember Tony Wolcock. I, I, I said to you uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Forrest played Man United at uh, Forrest. Yeah. We were travelling down to Bristol City. And Cluffy came on the bus and he said to me, young man, was you at the game last night? And I said, yeah. What did you think to it? I thought, it was a good game, boss. Who did you think played well? I said, Tony Woodcock, best player one bit. He said, you know nothing about football, lad. Nothing. <laughs> and I said to him, and you can, listen, Martin O'Neill is alive. John Robertson is alive. Yeah. Uh, Phil Boyer is alive. I didn't play with Gamble. Frank Clark. Uh, what team? Viv Anderson. Yeah. You know, uh, Martin, Peter With. You can ask any one of them players. Yeah. And I said, to, and I said, because they were some of them were frightened of him. I used to say things to him. He just started laughing because he come from a big family like I did. Yeah. You know, but I didn't say nastily. I said to him, "You sell him, right?" Because he went out on loan to, to Doncaster, and Doncaster and Lincoln were trying to sign him. Yeah. I said, "You sell him, and you, I'll tell you, you get it. He's a right player, him, yeah. right?" You know, two, three weeks later, he came up to me, young man, I think that back what I've said about Tony, Tony Wilcock, he can play football, lad. You know. Uh, so there is managers what hasn't played players. I mean, Cluffy never did that. I mean, he used to tell Martin, I don't like you, lad, but I'm going to play you. You know, there were some managers won't do that. That's that's the that's the difference between Cluffy and some of the other managers. Yeah. So I've never blamed a football club. The football clubs I've played at were brilliant. It's the managers what let you down sometimes and that you can say, well, what about, no, if you're not playing, I'm, you don't want me to sit there and be quiet. I want to go and play football. If, if, if I'm at Notts Forest and I'm not going the game and Halifax Town come in for me, say Halifax Town went in fourth division, I would, I would play there, mate, because that never bothered me. You know, when I look at Michael Owen and, and, and Shearer and, and the term, and I'm sad at the reading about them and, 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 and Alf, uh self-opinionated that they got themselves into to score goals and that. You know, my dad used to say to me, Gabby, why do you keep passing it? I'd go around the goalkeeper, there'd be an empty net there, right? And I would pass it to Andy McCullough, whoever were playing with Ted McDoodle, and let them knock into an empty net. And then I would run to the fans and know I'd scored it. Yeah. You know, I will for all, nobody, not one player can say that I was for the team and always was for the team. You know, I came out at first division to play at third division with Sheffield Wednesday, right? I gave everything at that football club. Every time I played, I gave everything. Sometimes you played bad, sometimes you you, you were rubbish, you know. And you have to set, you have to take the consequences of it when when you don't play well. But sometimes I think to myself, I wish I had been a bit more selfish now, because when you look at these, these got to top, really top, in in the careers. I mean, I don't blame anybody else. I blame myself for my for my undoing. You know, but I had two bad injuries at the wrong time, which didn't tell me. But sometimes you have to be uh, more, not determined, greedy, better word than greedy, uh, and play for yourself sometimes. Got to be a bit selfish. Would, yeah, selfish. That's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Selfish. And I was, I would never, that I was never that way. And not one player, if they did say it, I would say, well, tell me a tight situation when I was selfish. Because I was never selfish. No one player can say that about me. Well, Jock, because we always do a Jock wash. 
Yes. Jock Watch, blimey. Jock Watch. <laughs> He's in FIFA 20, isn't he? I, I looked at it the other day. Somebody posted it on your wall. <laughs> so he's on FIFA 20. He's a professional footballer at Grimsby Town Football Club. He's currently on loan at Lincoln United. What kind of week has Jock had this week? Well, going on that FIFA, it, <laughs> looks, like he's had a, it looks like he's had a great week. <laughs> because uh, on that FIFA, he's got more chance of getting a game. <laughs> but uh, he, he played last Saturday, and would you believe it? They got beat again. Oh, you know, uh, and but to be honest, I thought they were a bit unlucky. Um, the football's not great, but I thought they were a bit unlucky last Saturday. They lost three-one. It might sound, but they uh, they had chances after chances and just couldn't they couldn't score. In fact, Jock should have scored. Jock should have scored. He got one. He got one one against the goalkeeper, and he should have scored. But then I'm looking for him on the pitch, and I thought I'm detecting him off. Uh, but he cut his head open. Oh, blimey. Uh, and he's, he's had eight stitches. No, it's not stitches now. They glue it. Yeah. They glue it. So, but he, he, he played all the game. They got beat 3-1. Uh, he didn't play the other night, Monday night, because they're playing on Monday nights as well as Saturday. Yeah. Uh, some Monday nights to play. Uh, and they got beat again. So, uh, the good thing about Jock is getting into that FIFA and he's got more chance of doing well with them than he has at uh, Lincoln and that's not being horrible I mean what do what do I say I, I can only be honest yeah. about watching them I can't go and say oh you know they work hard because they do work hard yeah. I can't say they're doing this or doing that because it's football I don't like to watch it's just one boot from one end of the pitch and another boot to the other end of the pitch and some fans find that fascinating and marvellous that's okay <clears throat> but I certainly I can't certainly watch it Gabby I guarantee you no I can't I like to see the ball passed and, and and football players expressing themselves on the ball and I love to see magic moments created by footballers not just whacking the ball up the field and it's like charge of the light brigade Championship the red button is it affecting attendances in midweek fixtures? I'll tell you what's effect, affecting uh, and in Sky because let me tell you something <clears throat> when Sky come on everybody thought the football uh, the, the 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 clubs would uh, the fans would not go to games as much, yeah. and that didn't happen. What's happened is chopping and changing the teams, yeah, and that's been the biggest. It's like the the cup when the cups come round. How can a Bolton or or, or well, Sam Allardyce managing a West Ham not want to win an FA Cup or try and win an FA Cup? It's things like that. What fans have got. Think to themselves, oh, I'm not going to go to that game. It's a midweek game. <clears throat> they would go anywhere because they're going to play a full team. Sometimes, I mean, fans are only like uh, certain managers. You know, they want certain players to play. And, and if that player's not playing, some of those fans won't, won't go to the game. I think it's that what's affected the game more than anything else. Yes, I can see where you're coming from, right? But Sheffield Wednesday and Hull uh, weren't a bad crowd, but that's a derby. But yeah. Leeds and West Brom were were the top of the league clash. That Basic was a, a full house, yeah. you know. So when you look at it, Gabby, parts of it. Sometimes I bet they, if you were going out every week to Birmingham, and then you think, oh, they're playing so and so midweek, it, it'll leave two or three. Oh, I'm not bothered about watching that game because so and so is not playing. Yeah. I think that's a big problem. Yep. I really do, because when I were playing, there were some managers, well, not some managers, they all used to say to me, if uh, I'd got a, a knock on Saturday, and we all played with injuries in our day. Mm. It's not like like now, if you get a slight knock, you're out for two weeks. You know, the managers said to me, you've got to play. 
if you were playing today, you put three, five, ten thousand people and uh, uh, bring them into ground. And I think it's little things like that. You know, these cup games now, when you, you have a cup game in midweek, how many, how many go to It's embarrassing yeah. to see, a, you know, a decent football club, you know, have 25, 30 fans, a thousand fans, having about 8,000 people at games. Yeah. You know, I mean, to watch Sheffield Wednesday and Everton, I think Everton fetched about, fetched 5,000 people and the atmosphere were, were terrific. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> at Grimsby, went down to Chelsea, took 5,000 fans now. Terrific. So it, it's there if you're going to play a team, you're going to play your strong team, you're going to play the players, what the fans want to go and watch. And now if, if they're not playing well, then, they, they, you know, I, I get that, that they shouldn't be they shouldn't be in it. They shouldn't be uh, in team. But little Grimsby, when I was playing against Grimsby, I'd say little Grimsby, when I played against Grimsby, they used to get 18, 15, 12, 18, 20,000 people yeah. when we played up, up there. So these clubs, these fans will go. They will go to football matches as long as you know they can see some football played and they can see some success in it. But when they're going and they're thinking, well, uh, they're making four or five changes, and in some cases, ten changes. Some fans think, "Well, what's the point in going?" Yeah, and I think that's 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 a, a, a cause of it. But yeah, I mean, what you're saying is right. Part of that will be right that uh, they can watch it on, on on TV. But in general, fans in, in general want to get to the football matches if they can. So it's more an apathy of yes. uh, of, of the football fan. Than uh, than it is of the, um, the the way that the football clubs are set up, and but uh... well, I bet if you went to a, a, a football game on Saturday, yeah, were you Mike? Were you Mike? And ask questions. Yeah. I bet you, and you, you ask the same question. What you just asked me? Yeah, you know, what do you think about midweek game? I think what they turn around and say that the pricing, you know, they don't play the they don't play the uh, strongest team, yet it's still same price to go and watch it. That's that's what they'll come out with, you know. Uh, football we're playing is it's not the best football, you know. Little things all add up to something why fans don't go, and that'll be part of it. Is what I'm saying to you is, yeah. when you're making ten changes or making three or four changes, fans do get fed up and think, oh, what? Why should I go today? You know, I, I, it baffles me why why teams don't want to win football matches, and they'll say, what are you talking about? Don't. We all want to win a football match. Well, if they want to win a football match, why do you defend? It's taken Huddersfield six months to win a football match because for three years, all they've done is defend. They played defensive football for three years. So they don't know how to to win a football match. I mean, they beat Stoke the other night. People said they've turned corner. Sometimes a game can turn a corner for you and you can go on a run, right? When you're in a, in a position like Uddersfield and Stoke, they will find it very, very hard to pull out of that, pull out of it. And it's talk about Tony Pulis going back to Stoke. And this isn't happening to go with Tony Pulis. That club's in a mess at the moment in time. And I don't blame the owners because them, the coaches have always backed that football club. But the, have they got the right managers in at time? You know, they've always backed the managers, but it might not have been the right manager for that football club. And now it's in a bit of a mess and they'll find it very hard. Whoever comes in now will find it very, very hard because if those players keep losing football matches, whoever comes in 
that manager's got to try and turn it round. Yeah. So he can't do anything until next transfer window uh, opens. Who's going to buy some of them players? So if he fetches more players in, it's going to cost a club more money to fetch players in. Then you can't go down the route like Bolton, Bolton Wonders, where you've, you're paying, you've got far too many players, paying all these players this top money, and no, no, you can't get rid of them. You can't you just give them a free transfer because you've got to pay them up. Once they're on a contract, it becomes difficult for them. So for me, uh, it's things like that. And it, that's what drives fans away from football games. Totally. They want to see entertainment. They want to see entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Terry, it's 5-3 in, uh, <laughs> in our football <laughs> forecast. I'd put TC's results and my results from last Saturday and from midweek. And I forgot to put this week's forecast up. <laughs> so I have no idea who's playing. I know Villa are away at Norwich. We're not doing Birmingham. We've replaced Birmingham with Forest. I know Forest have got Brentford. And well, I'll, look, you'll put, them, you'll put them all up tomorrow at some point. I'll put them on our Facebook page. And, so, and people will see them anyway. Yeah, so, guys, go to the Facebook page. It's a schoolboy error from myself. But it was half past five this morning when I put it all up. It's been <laughs> a busy week. So, we will reconvene in seven days' time. Hopefully, the results will go my way and it's going to be 5-4. If they don't, it's going to be 6-3. So, um, we're going to play well, it. Sorry, I'm go gonna, on, I, I will go for the juggler. And once you I've got you down, do. I will never let you get back up. Right. So, if I can make it 7-3, 8-3 next week, I will be trying to do that. But well, after that, I'll take you for a drink and we'll have a laugh. And we'll enjoy yourselves. But while I've got you on the floor, I'm not going to let you back up, Gabby. Well, the last two weeks, the last two lots of predictions, <laughs> it hinged on Stoke and Forest because I went for a draw and Forest won 2-1. Yes. You got that. And then last, the midweek fixtures, this midweek, yes. hinged on Leeds and Albion where you went for a draw and I went for a Leeds win. So we... we we're never that far away in our predictions, but did I go for the draw that on that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I went for a Leeds win, but we, we're gonna. Uh, I'll put the forecast. The forecasts are up on the uh, the Facebook page, so apologies for not. And I'm not clever enough to remember who all five of. I've just been trying to cheat TC and trying <laughs> to get them up, but I'm not that clever. Trust me. So we're gonna go out with colours from black. Pumas, and we were magnificently played in by Jimmy Coburn and Dream Forever this week. So until part 16, next week, have a great weekend with you and yours. All the best for Jock. The England squad is going to be announced and our campaign is grealish for England so let's hope that Jack is in that England setup. Yes, I'll agree with you on that. I hope Jack's in it and uh, all the best to you and your family and have a great weekend. Thank you TC and thank you everybody for listening. I'll Brilliant get, Gabby. I'll get it right for next week. <laughs> Bye. Cheers pal. Bye. Bye. The morning sky first Baby blue just like we when I get up off this ground, I shake leaves back down to the brown, 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 brown. brown.
Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.